welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming, blah, 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 welcoming you to the show. It is Sunday, a special Sunday edition of Guys Guys Radio. It's April 29th. Here we are at 8 p.m. We've got a great show. Let me ask you a question. You want to learn about love Italian style? How about Italian-American style? Well, if you do, and I do, because I'm an Italian-American, as well as a few other things, but uh, we've got a special guest. We've got Rachel Russo, New York City-based matchmaker, dating expert extraordinaire, and she's going to be with us in a few minutes, and I can't wait to get her on here and uh, meet her and talk to her because she sounds fantastic, and I really liked everything I've read and seen about her. So we're going to do that in a few uh, let's, uh, let's get started talk about what's going out there, going on out there in the guys, guys world. Well, you know, this is the place guys, guys radio, where when men and women can uh, be at their best, everyone wins. And that's what we're all about. It's not a bro show. This is not about, uh, it's not about, uh, boobs and beer and football, though. I, I like all three. Um, it's not really about that. So, it's about life and love and the pursuit of happiness. And it's about discovery of your true self and being the best you can possibly be. Like, what is a guy's guy? Well, it's kind of an updated man's man, but it's not a ma- macho man's man. Much more confident, uh, casual, casual confidence, if you will. Unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, timeless style, and a lot of fun. So that's what the guy's guy's movement is all about. It all started with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. You can catch it on Amazon. Uh, it's in some bookstores still, and uh, it's got paperback, digital version, whatever. This is podcast number 278 of Guys Guys Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn Radio, and we're also on Blog Talk Radio. And we're broadcasting, unlike a lot of other podcasts, uh, all of our podcasts so far have been live. I'm going to be taping a series of shows uh, that are going to be posted over the summer because I'm going to be traveling, I'm going to be working on a book, but um, every one of our 278 podcasts has been live. And it's actually, it adds a little bit of edge to the show. People, you know, you, we're not going to go back and fix things unless something goes terribly wrong. And uh, we just see what happens. So uh, join us and thank you for your support to guys, guys radio. You can also catch me, Robert Manny on my uh, website, robertmanny.com. I'm also syndicated. My blog, life, love and pursuit of happiness is on uh Goodman Project. Uh, we're on Cupid's Pulse. Uh, I've had some stuff on Go Dates, Huffington Post, uh, and on and on. Your Tango. I'm also on there. So anyhow, check it out. Check out the book. Check out the show. And if you like us, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, what's going on out there? Well, in the guys, guys world, we've got uh, a lot of sports stuff all over because it's springtime. When it's springtime, you have all the sports overlapping. We had the big NFL draft down in big D Dallas this week. And the giants had the number two pick and they took key running back Saquon Barkley from Penn state. And the jets took quarterback from USC, Sam Darnold. So these are two top stud picks. So well, let's see, because the New York jets and giants have been struggling for the last couple of years. And we'll see what happens if they can turn things around with the, with the rookies. You know, my take on it is I love the running back Barkley, and I was hoping because I'm not a Giants fan, so I was hoping they wouldn't take him. However, I'm unlike some other people. I think Eli Manning, the quarterback, he's like 38 years old, and he seems to be slowing down in my opinion. I, supposedly he's in great shape. He's a great athlete. He's been a winner. He's delivered two Super Bowl championships, beating the Patriots twice. So 
you know, you got to have total respect for him. And he should start this year. But when you had the four or five top quarterbacks in the draft and you have the number two pick and you can pick your pick of the litter for the future, I don't know if a running back's the way to go because I think it's going to take them a couple of years to turn a thing around. And once they have all the pieces in place, they're going to need a quarterback. And by then, Eli will be 40 or so. And I don't know if that's going to work for them. So that's my thought there for the Jets. Well, the Jets need a lot, but I think getting Sam Darnold is probably the best quarterback prospect they've drafted in the last 20 years. So let's see what happens. I am a season ticket holder. I don't go to that many games because they're such a disappointing franchise in so many ways. But um, I hold out hope. I hope they can. Uh, I hope he plays this year. Hope they get him out there at some point. I know they've got five quarterbacks now. I'm not going to get into all of them, but we'll see what happens there. Um, elsewhere. Um, LeBron James, uh, I, I, without even watching, I knew that the, the Cavaliers, uh, would beat the Pacers and get out of the first round because I just think, I just think they had to, because for the NBA, you've got to have, LeBron James is the news. If you watch any of those sports shows, those, you know, argument controversy shows like first take, or uh, I think the other one is undisputed. All they do is argue about LeBron James every day. You know, the Golden State Warriors are the champs and have been really the superstar team the last three years, yet they don't get any coverage. Everything is LeBron this, LeBron that. And uh, he's a big personality. So um, I think it would have been uh, kind of diluting things if, uh, if his team went down in the first round. So I'm not surprised they've moved forward, although they won the game and they deserve to win, and he had a great game. So... Uh, that's that. What else? You know, I just had a thought today. There was, I was watching 60 Minutes a little while ago, and they have all this stuff about DNA and how they can kind of play around with your DNA now. And that, that's true. And so many people are, uh, they send into these DNA companies to find out their background. And, you know, I don't know. For me personally, I don't need to know that. I, I'm not a big fan. You know, we're all going to go back to the same source anyhow. And I don't really feel comfortable sending my DNA to some strange strangers at some company so they can look at it. And then they have my DNA. So I don't know. That's, that's just me. I, uh, I'm not going to mention the name of companies. I think my nephew sent in and he was all excited about it. Like, Oh, you know, the family goes back to, uh, we were, uh, you know, in, in Egypt or something, who cares? We're here now. This is 2018. Donald Trump is president. Wake up. It doesn't matter if you were a pharaoh. We're stuck here now. We've got to do something about it. So anyhow, we're going to do a quick uh, guy's guy of the week. We're going to take a very, 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 very short break. And then we're going to bring our special guest, Rachel Russo, out. So let's talk about the guy's guy of the week. You know, I have a young son. He's going to turn five in two weeks from now. And uh, so I have I, I got married later in life. I had a kid later in life. And I I put it on myself to uh, stay in fantastic shape as best I can. That means diet. That means mentally. That means spiritually. That means physically. So I've been working out like crazy and, and, and also listening to my body. So not overdoing it, but just being very mindful and conscious. And I, I picked up some tips, of course, along the way. And one thing was I read the book called uh, Everyday Enlightenment by Dan Millman, who wrote the uh, he wrote the book, uh, The Peaceful Warrior, Life of a Peaceful Warrior. And I was looking at um, he had some other book about kind of like a numerology thing based on your number, you're a certain type of personality, whatever. So I was looking at it in Strand Bookstore and I came across this other book, Everyday Enlightenment, that has 12 steps kind of for your personal ascension. It's a very good book. 
And the core of it is this workout called the four minute peaceful warrior workout. And it has 15 movements and, um, uh, half of the movements are standing up and half of the movements are on the floor. And, uh, it suggests, you know, get into a habit, see if you can do it for like, I think it's 36 days in a row or something, which makes it a habit. I've been doing it for like two months now and my energy level, it's really opened me up. It's opened up my spine. It's opened up my creativity. It's opened up my heart. I think it's added a lot to my chi, my personal energy. So it's a fantastic workout and I highly recommend it. It's, it takes me four minutes. I, and it tells you to do each movement like three times. I do everything 12 times because they're pretty, they're pretty basic, but you know what? It seems like really, but when you do it, you feel it afterwards and you feel it in a good way. And it takes you through a nice kind of up and down and cool down at the end. And it only takes about five minutes. And uh, I do it every morning. And, uh, and it's made a huge difference. And I'm going to keep doing it. So thank you, Dan Millman. You are the guy's guy's guy. The guy's guy of the week. So let us take a very, very short break. And then we're going to bring our special guest, Rachel Russo, out. The Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, we're back. Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Rachel Russo, um, who, uh, who was connected to me through uh, another podcaster who I've been on his show and he's been on mine. He's a really good guy, Scott McKay. He's a real connector, too. So, I love people like that. I'm not great at it myself, but I do my best. But there's some people that just have a natural affinity for being uh, enablers and connectors. So thank you, Scott. And thank you, Rachel, for being on the show. So Rachel Russo is MS, MFT. She's a matchmaker, dating and relationship coach, author and speaker. She's got two books. Uh, she's also the founder of Rachel Russo Relationships, a New York City-based dating and relationship consultancy and she has spent the last 13 years working in the New York matchmaking and dating industry, helping singles find and keep love. So let's bring her on the show right now. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Rachel Russo. Good evening, Rachel. Hi, Robert. Thank you for having me. This is such a fun Sunday night activity for me because I love talking about everything dating and relationships. <laughs> well, great. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. And I was reading about your background and some of the information you sent me and it's really fantastic. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we're both kind of Italian Americans and we both grew up in the New York Metro area. So let's start right there. Um, what is it about, uh, dating when you're an Italian American, uh, that's different than, and in the New York Metro area, then uh, what makes it unique? What makes it unique? That is a good question. Actually, I, I listened to one of your epi- other episodes. I was cheating a little bit, Uh-oh. and I saw you also grew up in northern New Jersey, in New Jersey, yeah. maybe northern New Jersey, where I did as well. So we have the New Jersey and the New York thing in common. And well, where, where are you from? Where'd you grow Ottawa up? Originally. Okay. So, so it's about a half yeah. hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a lot of Italian Americans in the whole New York City Absolutely. metro area. So relevant question and. Obviously, the the book that I have, which I'm sure you'll share my website at the end, it's about uh, getting over an ex. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's about getting over an ex Italian American style, and the reason that I chose that is that I do think there are things about Italian American culture that could apply to helping anyone of any ethnicity really get through 
a breakup or even, you know, navigate the challenges of the dating scene. And it's a lot about having perseverance these days. And among yes. Italian-Americans that I know, it's like a lot of us are, I'll say us because I am too, we're very stubborn and we can be strong-willed and really like that fighter mentality. And I think that's what you need when it comes to matters of the heart. You have to really give it your all. I, I believe in the all or nothing approach and, a lot of times these days people are not really doing that because they have so many options. So they're, they're kind of like hanging out in the gray area and having one foot in and one foot out. And that's the way that they approach their dating and relationships. And I don't think it works. So part of my Italian thing is to really go for it and fight and be stubborn and have pride. And the other part of it is about living la dolce vita, like the good life. That's, Yep. I think you have to be in a good place and you have to kind of do work on yourself before you can truly attract the right relationship for you. Okay. Let's, 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 let's talk about one of these points there. You mentioned, uh, you know, the hanging out and people having, you know, I guess the millennial dating style is a little bit different and it has its advantages and disadvantages. When, uh, you know, I met my wife on uh, Match.com. Actually, she winked at me once. She was on a three-day free trial. I'm the only person she met, and we ended up getting married. So uh, things can happen. Wow. I had been on Match, on and off Match for about two years and had dated a lot, and I loved it. I, was, it was, I met a lot of really cool women, and some of them are still my friends, and uh, that's nice. But I think what happens sometimes is in, uh, in uh, I don't know if it's a New York thing or if it's an age thing or whatever, but a lot of people are like overextended in terms of dating. They like, and I know you uh, want to hear about your, you did a year blog with 92 dates, but a lot of people are, you know, juggling when they're dating and it, it, it makes it difficult sometimes to get to know somebody. And I know both with my wife and somebody else I dated on match, they, once we went out, they kind of shut themselves down. And then they asked me, they said, what are you still doing on there? And I'm like, oh, I was thinking like, well, I'm dating. But, and then I realized like, you know what? I have to give this, I have to give things a shot or I'm just going to keep dating and playing around. And if I want a relationship, which I think ultimately everybody would like to have a relationship um, at some point when they're ready, um, that you need to kind of just go out with one person, see how it goes and then move to the next person if it doesn't work. What are your thoughts on all of that? Well, I'm really happy that you decided to give it a shot and you certainly got very lucky with her doing a free three-day trial. So (laughs) good for you. Um, I 100% agree that there comes a point where you kind of have to shut down and stop the serial dating and just sort of focus on one person if that makes sense. I, I do think it's kind of a New York City thing and it can apply to obviously a lot of other big cities, but it's the fact that People have all of these options, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times if you've interviewed any other relationship expert on this show, and that is that people think the grass is always greener, and they just dispose of of these options these days and (laughs) think there's someone else around the corner. So they don't focus on any one person, and that's one of the reasons why I do think there's this distraction that you're talking about, plus obviously also New York big metropolitan areas, people come there for their career and they're really ambitious. So they're going to be focused on work as well. And that plays a role too. There's only so many hours in a day and it's really a matter of juggling what you're paying attention to. Mm-hmm. You know what I hear now, uh, Rachel, cause I do talk to a lot of uh, uh, dating experts, relationship coaches, matchmakers. And uh, what I'm hearing now is something new. I had historically heard 
uh, almost to the person uh, and all from female dating coaches that w- the main issue that they have to uh, counsel with when you're where they're working with women is kind of getting the ladies to kind of dial it down, dial down the, the alpha alpha gal when they're, you know, in the dating mode instead of the work mode for the guys to really step up and because women want still want guys to be guys in the best sense of the word. Um, and then recently I was meeting with somebody and uh, it's a very smart woman and very nice. And she said, you know, what I'm hearing now is that a lot of the roles are in a way slowly kind of switching where the women are more like they don't need to be tied down by the guy and the guys are looking more for relationships and they're a little more passive and the women are a little more aggressive. What's your take on what's going on and are things changing? Interesting. Well, in my experience, there are many women in the New York area that are kind of leading with their career and they're coming to me for matchmaking and I'm asking them to describe themselves and what they have to offer And that could be awkward for anyone to sort of sell yourself. But a lot of times, nine times out of 10, professional women will lead with what they do in terms of their career. And they'll talk about their master's degree and this job. And I'm just thinking like, okay, guys don't care about that. And I don't mean to be, you know, generalizing because of course there are plenty of men that want smart women who are accomplished and bring something to the table like that. But that's not the number one thing that I find that men are looking for, and the women aren't getting that. And they are too alpha in terms of focusing on career and money, and they should be focusing more on their appearance and their personality. And I tell them that, and they don't like it, but that's the reality. And I've worked with men for 13 years, and that's how it is. And I don't think that's going to change overall. What I Mm -hmm. do think is going to change is, the millennial generation, the women not caring as much about actually getting married. And that is a trend that I'm seeing and I've talked to some colleagues about. There are plenty of women that are thinking about having firm donors or being single moms, you know, just delaying kind of getting married and and going about it on their own or just thinking maybe I'll have a long-term partner or live with someone later in life. But marriage is definitely not seeming to be the priority among the women that are like in their 20s right now. Okay. So when, when you, clients come to you, um, women, and then uh, also part two is men, what are, what's the, you know, everybody has different issues, but if you could say, you know, broad stroke, what's kind of the big issue for women and the big issue for men that they come to you as an expert dating coach? Okay, so I guess one thing to understand is that most of my career has been primarily doing matchmaking and then doing the dating coaching services along with that. So a lot of the men, and I will say this as a disclaimer, the men that are coming to me are extra selective. So this doesn't always apply to the normal population, but the men that are coming to matchmakers the biggest issue is that they, these are very successful men. So they sort of have an entitlement where they think that they should have X, Y, Z qualities that often have to do with looks or age or other things. Let's just say that. <laughs> and I like they want an Instagram model, right? 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, they, they will focus on specifics, even like certain body parts or whatever, and they actually think that this is what is going to make them happy and this is what is right. going to sustain their relationship. And these are very smart, successful men, but they do not get that. <laughs> um, so it's a bit of coaching, and sometimes they're not so receptive to the coaching. They're coming to me and they're saying, I just haven't found the right person for the long term. I, I'm not – if I know her, I, if I find her, I know exactly what to do with her. But then we're realizing, like, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, because I'm getting the dating feedback, and they're making mistakes. And what they're thinking is going to make them happy is actually not making them happy. So I kind of have to work things with them and, and kind of get them to change some of their values that they're looking for in a partner. That's the is thing it? with women. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing with men. I'm sorry, did you have a question on that? Let's just stay on that for a second. So is it is it is the issue then? I mean, you know, there's no reason why you can't have a great relationship with an Instagram model if she's uh, smart and nice. Um, But it maybe it's a priority thing where they saying, like, I've got to go out with a a woman who's got washboard abs or whatever. And uh, and and that becomes the focus, like the, the type instead of the person. Is that what you're saying? I do see a bit of that. And so then what happens is I, I can give them the Instagram model with the washboard abs and they'll date her for a couple months, but then they'll realize that maybe there's not the substance that they're looking for. Sometimes there is, and it turns into a mm-hmm. long-term relationship. But if it doesn't, then we have to dig a little deeper and think about, okay, what will actually make you happy? And who is someone that you could be compatible with for the long term? Because if you just want to have fun, okay, go that route. But like, what is your girlfriend material? What is your wife material? And help them realize that they need a little something more. Okay. Um, How about for the ladies? So for the women, the women are in a state of mind where they are thinking that the men are not committing because that's what they're seeing, because they're seeing all of this serial dating. They're seeing men that are ghosting on them. Of course, women may do it too, but it's happening a lot that men are not following up because they'll have another date the next night and the night after that with a different woman. So if they're not feeling chemistry with any one woman, then they're going to, they're going to go, they're going to leave. And so the women, their their self-esteem is kind of shot. A lot of them actually, and they're getting jaded and they're getting burnt out of dating. And they're just so disgusted with all the dating apps and everything. And they're like, please (laughs) send me out, find me a good guy that actually wants a relationship. That's not just looking for a hookup. Now, um, you know, the old, the old uh, thinking has been, that uh, a lot of times with the ladies, they'll have a kind of a list and, uh, and the list, the longer they're single, the longer the list can get. Now that could be a misconception because now what I'm hearing is now it's the guys who have, and similar to what you were just saying about guys have these specifics. Where, where, where are we with the, with the lists now between men and women? Who do I think has a greater list, I guess? Well, well just, uh, um, just perspective yeah. on, on the list because the guys, obviously, they're putting some physical attributes. But women can have really long lists like, you know, he has to have nice shoes or whatever. Guys will probably have – their list will be short, but it'll be maybe non, not realistic in terms of not congruent with who they are and what they can offer, but it's about just what they want. And that could be a function of them online all day. Right. Absolutely. I mean, women have the laundry list as well. I, I think, honestly, I see equal with both 
both genders, men and women. And it, it really depends on, on what it is. Everyone's a little different. But I do think there are a lot of women that are unrealistic about what they're asking for as well. It's not just the men. And I'm seeing things of they had to attend, say, this Ivy League school or they have to live in Manhattan. They can't live five miles away in Brooklyn. I mean, just things that right. shouldn't be on a list that are going to keep them single, that are not important, that don't matter. And mm-hmm. I think that both men and women need to shorten the list if they're truly looking for love. They really need to focus on what their deal breakers are and then what yep. their preferences are and stick to what they actually need on the list. The preferences are nice, but if someone isn't violating your deal breakers and they have the basics, give them a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the two things that are lacking sometimes uh, today in the kind of the dating game, if you will, is, you know, d- dating should be a fun sport. And um, the, don't let, I think, romance has slipped through a lot of people's fingers where they make it task-oriented instead of mysterious. There's something sexy about it, a little bit of mystery where everybody wants everything now, right exactly how they order you know, whether it's, you know, we used to way back in the day, you'd buy a vinyl album and uh, you'd listen to the whole thing. And now it's like iTunes. Well, you look at the, okay, which song, if you're even paying for it, which song's got the most listens, I'll, I'll get that one or whatever. It's a very um, made to order world now. And do you think that impacts dating? I do think it impacts dating and people are coming into the dates with a lot of expectations about who they're out with because a lot of times they've already Googled someone, they've checked out their Instagram, their Facebook, so they already have ideas about who this person is, and Mm -hmm. that does kill some of the mystery. Of course, if we're all growing and evolving, (laughs) there should be more to get to know, but people already have these scripts in their head, and I think it messes with their dating. I think going into a first date with as little expectations as possible is probably the best route to go. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, this is Guys Guys Radio. It's your host, Robert Manny, special guest, Rachel, Rachel Russo. Um, if you want to call, I should have mentioned it earlier, I apologize. We, if you want to call in with a question for Rachel, and I know so many people listen to podcasts, they listen whenever the heck they want, and that's the whole idea. But if you do want to listen, because we do record the show live, 347-945-5834, 347-945-5834, ask Rachel a question. Um, let's talk about tech a little bit more. Um, you know, it's the, it's the, it, 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 it's, it's a great thing and it's, it's not a great thing because you can meet so many people that you never would have a chance to meet, yet you can become over-reliant and end up just, you know, looking and clicking all the time and then you get into all of these i think these are functions of tech some of the things that i consider bad behavior i don't have any other description when you talk about ghosting and orbiting and breadcrumbing and nesting and all all these Mm -hmm. terms that are coming up it's just to me there are functions of how the relationships have been too reliant on digital tech instead of face-to-face like hi my name is Lou can I buy you a drink as corny as as that is Mm -hmm. that sometimes makes a man a man where you have to step up and go introduce yourself to a woman and she might even be with her friends hey how are you my name is Joe blah 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 and now nowadays it's like on the computer or on your phone or swipe left and swipe right it's a it's a different ballgame you don't have to work as hard And a lot of the guys feel that, you know, they're looking at porn or whatever online and they think, well, that's what that's that's what I want. Why can't I have that? What do you think? Yep. 
Well, I think the technology is a blessing and a curse. I mean, it obviously, hey, it worked for you. There you go. I know plenty of people that it works for, and I've helped clients as well with online dating apps and profiles. And I think you have to try multiple different ways, whether it's going out, whether it is using a matchmaker, whether it's getting on these apps, because the truth is you never really know where you're going to find the person. You have to be in that energy But a lot of the social skills and interpersonal skills are lost today because of exactly what you're saying. And guys are intimidated to come up to women in a bar. I have guys that are reaching out to me that want to win woman service. They want me to actually go out and hold their hand and help them talk to women. And they want me to write messages for them because they don't even know what to say anymore on all of these profiles. It's just is getting to be very impersonalized. And um, I think that if someone can approach in person the way that you're describing, he automatically gets some brownie points there because it's just not done anymore. A lot of women going out these days complain about all the guys being on their phones and they can look beautiful and they're all dressed up and it was a waste of makeup right. because no one even approached them. Right. You know, and it's uh, the guys for, for, for a lot of men, they'll think that, wow, it's, it's, it is more difficult in some ways to approach women because everybody's walking around with their uh, headset on and uh, whether it's on the subway or walking down the street or when they're in, in if they're in a, uh, you know, a restaurant or a lounge or a bar or whatever, or they're after work They're you know, everybody's staring at their phones or at the TVs or whatever. And it, it's, it's hard to, you know, cut through all the technology. Uh, so I think a lot of guys there, what happens is because you get out of practice because you keep relying on the phone uh, and the apps that, you know, actually having a conversation and talking about how you feel about things becomes even more and more difficult than it has been historically because, you know, the other thing with guys is we don't really talk about relationships all that. We don't kind of get together with the guys and talk about relationships unless it's something really weird or you pull one friend aside and it's a one-on-one and you say, Hey, I met this new woman or, Hey, we broke up or, Hey, I'm getting a divorce or, Hey, I'm getting married. It's usually don't, it, guys are like lone wolves where women are very instantly communal. I think, How, what do you think about that, Rachel? That seems to be true. I mean, of course, there's male-female friendships where guys yep. are more open and talking about their relationships to their girlfriends, or there are close guys that will talk maybe to, like, their best friends about someone that they're dating or in a relationship with. But overall, I do agree with you on that. And uh, another point that I wanted to mention as we were talking Please. I think that women need to make it a little easier for guys uh, to approach them. So that's something I actually share with women because I see it as a huge problem that women kind of compartmentalize and say if they're at the gym, they think, I'm at the gym. Uh, maybe they don't look their best in their opinion, um, but they think, I'm at the gym and I don't want to be approached. So they have the headset in and they look completely unapproachable. But the truth is there's tons of guys at the gym <laughs> that are single that why can't they talk to them there? Why does it have to be two hours later when they're dressed up at a bar? I think women should get into the mindset that a guy can approach them anywhere. So they have to look their best and be in the best kind of state of mind if they're single so that they can actually meet someone. It doesn't just happen between two hours in the evening or on a dating app. It can happen anywhere. And if women were more receptive to those conversations, I think the barrier would break down and it would be easier for men to approach. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. And just, uh, you know, to be fair to the women, you know, at the gym and all that, there's a lot of guys who are just ogling the women because guys like to watch women sweat and work out. It's true. And pumping <laughs> pump themselves up and all, and guys get like off on that. And so you don't want, you don't have to be open you know, to be like, hey, creepy guy, because maybe that's your, you know, you carved out this hour to get yourself pumped up to go out on a date or something, whatever. So, you know, it, there has to be, I think there has to be some type of a happy medium where you, you don't want to be unapproachable, but you, you know, you're not there at the gym to strictly for socializing. You, you get, you want to get your workout in because you're on a schedule too, or you, you're at your class or whatever. So it's just, everybody I think needs to be a little more um, relaxed about everything and a little more open and not have such hard rules about, you know, when you can approach and when you can talk and when you can not talk and to them and all of that stuff. So speaking of which, let's just, I want to just ask one more question. Then we're going to get into the whole matchmaking thing and your books and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay. you know, the elephant in the room has been this, this me too. And, um, you know, some guys, I'm a guy, so my point, and I'm, I've been around, so I think I'm disgusted by, um, men who have behaved like the guys who've been kind of called out uh, in powerful positions with a lot of money. It's very strange to me that these guys have to do these. And supposedly this is a power move where they do these horrible things with women. When you would think if you have money and a great influence and you're in a creative field or whatever, your bank or whatever you're doing, and you have a lot of money and you have some power that you wouldn't have trouble getting dates but the behavior is so deplorable that it sheds a cloud over a lot of other guys who play the game fairly. And I think what we have to be with men, you know, as you know, right now you've got millennial guys, they're like caught between the MMA and manscaping. They're not sure what they're supposed to do. And then you put this, this uh, me too on top of it. And they're like, holy shit, I can't, I got to get a contract signed if I want to hold hands now. So I guess the question is um, how, how do you think, how do you counsel guys to behave in this, age now where you know women guys need to listen to women they need to shut up and listen right now because that's just the way it is and actively listen but you don't want it also on the flip side to be uh you know just open season on men because not all guys are so terrible but guys need to understand that this type of behavior and mindset uh is not acceptable and things are changing how do you deal with that whole me too thing and you can say i'm full of beans i'm just just my take on it I, I don't think you're full of beans. I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. I mean, I think it's horrible that this is going on and all this stuff is coming out now. And I personally, I can say me too. And I can know a lot of other women that have been affected by mm-hmm. it or harassed or something in even the smallest way that can have a deep impact on them. So this is sure. a topic I'm passionate about as well. And it's a complex issue that I think our society is just really trying to figure out at this time. And my take is that we need to teach young men better from a young age. Um, First of all, how to pick up on social cues, how to read women better, how to read body language, micro expressions, all this stuff. (laughs) Listen to what the women are actually saying verbally and non-verbally. And I think that would help. I mean, some of this is, emotional intelligence kind of stuff that you have or you don't have, but I think it can be taught. And I think we need to make an effort to to figure out how to do that. And that would really help a lot with, with these scenarios and kind of easing any anxiety. You want guys to still be able to approach and not feel like they're going to do something wrong if they, they touch a girl's arm. Um, But at the same time, they have to know when they're crossing the line and how to pick up on that. 
Right. Okay. Good answer. Um, talk about your two books. Let's start with the book about how to get over your ex, how to get over a breakup, um, Italian American style, and just uh, in general. So talk to us about that. What inspired you to write the book? Um, and what what's inside? I looked it up. I see all the stubbornness. Uh, stay stay up and fight for a healthy single life. Um, Sunday dinner, <laughs> the importance. Live the good life. Tell tell us about the book because I think it's well, very fresh and unique, and I love the cover. Oh, thank you. I I designed the cover. It's so myself. dramatic. I, I love it. it. It's like it's it like, is. You know, <laughs> don't you know someone on that cover having grown up in New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like that. <laughs> it's so yeah. dramatic. Right. So, I mean, breakups can be pretty dramatic. I mean, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but it was inspired by a breakup of mine. It is not a book about my entire life, yet there are little stories weaved in there. But it's mostly advice that has worked for me through getting through a breakup and also has worked for other people that I've helped to move forward from a past relationship and the reason, obviously, the whole Italian thing, I shared some of my insight on that before, but I didn't want to just write another generic breakup book because there's so many of those. I kind of wanted to put a spin on it and make it fun and make it fresh and make it appealing for people to read, but also offer profound advice. And that is there. It gets pretty deep. There's exercises at the end of some of the chapters that can help people work through their issues and learn lessons that can help them heal from their past relationships. So uh, I think it's something that anyone would enjoy reading, even if they're not currently going through a breakup, it can give them insight on just relationships in general. And I think any type of rejection, everyone has had some type of rejection, so it will be relatable and it will help them get a new perspective on being rejected, whether they're currently in a relationship now or not. Mm-hmm. I think the ultimate advice uh, and the ultimate realization that people and it, uh, everything's about, you know, self-awareness that when, when you realize that if somebody doesn't really want to be with you, why would you want to be with them? That if you get that light bulb moment that, that says, you know what, I'm better than this. I'm better. If somebody doesn't want me, then they, they don't want me. And I, I, I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want me as much as I want to be with them. I, it's time to move on. You have to just exhale and, and, and go. Um, but it's a really tough thing to do for a lot of people um, because we get kind of everybody's got this uh, disease where you hang on and everybody hangs on. They have a hard time moving on. I've gone through the same thing. But when you have that V8 moment where you say, you know what? Why would I want to be with somebody who doesn't love me as much as I love them? Then you realize I'm, I have, there's, some, there's something better for me out there. This isn't, this isn't right. What's your thoughts on that, Rachel? Well, that sounds so simple, yet it's so hard to come to. And I think that the reason why is because we've all been brainwashed on too many Disney movies and romantic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> and I can personally attest to that. There are many women out there who think that they're going to change a guy. And there's guys out there right. that are thinking this is going to get better. I'm going to be the one to save her. They're going to be the right. rescuer. And it, Sometimes it doesn't get better. It, it doesn't get better unless the person actually wants to change themselves because you really cannot change anyone. Even if you love mm-hmm. them tremendously, it does not matter if they do not love themselves right. enough to make the changes that are going to lead to them being healthy or having a healthy relationship. And once you realize that and you really realize that, 
then it becomes easier to move on. But you're, you're still stuck sometimes because it's like this head-heart debate, and you know this intellectually, but if you are already in too deep and you love this person, then you're going to try to, like, fight and hang on, and that's when it can become very counterproductive, and there's going right. to be a lot of suffering. And that's kind of what I try to do in my book, like help people – realize the red flags of a bad relationship so that they can get out of it and also learn what those red flags are so that they don't go into their next relationship attracting someone who's the same. So they have to really get over the baggage from the, from the first relationship before they can move on. Got it. Um, talk to us about why do you think it's important in today's culture, in today's dating culture, to work with a matchmaker like yourself? Well, we talked about the dating apps. So we know that they could work, and they are working for a lot of people, but there's countless other people who are just so exhausted and burnt out by them. And mm-hmm. if they want to kind of cut through cut through the crap, excuse my French, um, mm-hmm. that's when they should hire a matchmaker because they will meet people who fit their criteria, first of all. When you're meeting someone just online, it really is a gamble. I mean, we all have heard horror stories about people lying about their marital right. status or their age or the guy says he's 5'10 and he's really 5'5". Five five. I mean, that there's that. That's the thing. So mm-hmm. if you want to only go on dates with people that fit your criteria, that are who they say they are, that's one good reason to go to a matchmaker because they're vetted for you. And, you know, obviously you're also saving time by not having to do all of that preliminary work of communicating with all of these people I mean, and there's a lot of communication going on, and you're having someone do that for you, put you in front of these people, and really, like, hold your hands throughout the process and kind of guide you. Your matchmaker has advice about dating from having set up so many other people. So I think it's a really good thing to be able to have someone kind of overseeing your dating life and mm-hmm. helping you choose someone who could actually be really perfect for you that you would never, maybe you would never choose this person yourself because they didn't fit your list. And then like the matchmaker can see something that you don't see and that's it. That's yep. like the magical relationship that's going to transform your life. So if you think about it that way, yeah, matchmaking can be expensive, but you're actually saving time, you're saving money and you're saving yep. a lot of emotional energy that you would be spending on dating the wrong people. Yeah, I actually think it's a, I think in today's culture, as fast paced and as advanced as we are going back, and I don't say this in a bad way, in a good way to something as simple as matchmaking, because it's been part of culture and society for forever. I actually think it can be helpful. I think a key, though, let me uh, tell me what you think of this. Does, uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a question also. One is, you know, I know I lucked out with my wife because I had made a conscious, I was single so long that nobody even asked me when I was getting married. It was a foregone conclusion. Forget it. And I told my mother one time on Thanksgiving, I said, mom, I'm going to get married next year. And she's like, really? To who? I said, I don't know, but I know I'm ready. And sure enough, I was engaged at exactly, not to the date, but uh, a year later. And then uh, we got oh, married wow. after that. But there was a reason for it. I realized I had had some long-term relationships and some short ones. And I realized that I needed to make room for somebody else in my heart. And once I did that, it provided a space for somebody else to come in. 
And it was as simple as that. And I don't know if a lot of people have come to that realization, but it's very, I think it's very important. Um, the second part of it is um, my question to you. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. It's a little just anecdote mm-hmm. also, but um, chemistry. I would think like what is the tough, toughest part of doing what you do? I would think it's qualifying people and then you can't account for chemistry. So sometimes you might say, oh, he would go really good with her and they get together and it's oil and water. Tell us about some of the challenges you face. Okay, so to address both parts of it, first off, you basically manifested your wife in, like, the timeline (laughs) that you wanted, which is awesome. And I do think that's possible. I don't think people necessarily, like, should set a deadline and say, I have to be married because then they can overlook things and end up with the wrong person. So, And I wasn't on a mission either. It just happens. Right. It just happens. You put the energy out there. I I believe that men, I think men are ripe (laughs) like a fruit and they're Mm -hmm. ready. And and before that, they're not ready. And the perfect woman could be in front of them and they don't even see her because they're not ready. So I think Mm -hmm. you're ripe at that point. (laughs) Um, And the second uh, area, so we're talking about chemistry. So yeah, that's Mm -hmm. like the one thing that, okay, matchmaker can never guarantee if they tell you they're going to guarantee that they're lying because we can't really predict exactly what makes chemistry and what doesn't. But, um, you know, when I try to match people, I look at factors that I think would contribute to chemistry. So if they do have a physical type, I will try to get that physical type or as close to that physical type as possible because, hey, if it's broke, don't fix it. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if that works for them, I'll give them that. But it's beyond that because we could find someone who's exactly our physical type, yet we have no chemistry. So, I think it's like emotional attraction as well. And one thing I do really believe in is attachment style in adult relationships. And that's probably Mm -hmm. a whole other conversation, but I look at people's attachment style and that has Mm -hmm. to do, for example, anyone who's interested, you know, anxious attachment style and avoidant attachment style, that's oil and water, like you said, and that's not a good match. I mean, ideally people have more of a secure attachment style But um, if they don't, it would be better to match two people that are anxious than someone who's anxious and avoidant because they just trigger each other, one falls away. (laughs) It's like the whole dance, and it's not a good dance. So I kind of have to look at that as well. And those two factors, the physical and the attachment style, they could kind of help to predict chemistry a little bit in my experience. Okay. Uh, Just a couple of quick questions. Um, you did the blog. You blogged about 92 dates in one year. What, what, what did you learn? What was the biggest thing you learned? Well, one thing that I learned that I would really say is that dating is hard. And before <laughs> that, I had, I had been in a long-term on-and-off relationship for many years throughout my 20s. So I never really dated in New York City. I never dated as much in my entire life as when I was doing that blog. <laughs> that was pretty mm-hmm. intense. So I experienced all of the challenges that people who I was working with as clients had been telling me about. So I think it was like one of the best things I ever did because it made me so much more empathetic as a coach and as a matchmaker. So I I really learned the ups and downs and what it felt like to go on bad dates and to just be, you know, sitting across from someone that you have nothing in common with and dealing with disappointment and having some really fun dates too. So I kind of got all of the experiences. One thing that I learned uh, personally is that you should be open-minded because you really do never know who you could fall in love with, even though you have these ideas about who you, who you think you should be with. 
you might end up with someone totally different. And I experienced that a little bit. It didn't turn into a happily ever after, but there was a guy mm-hmm. that I was open to meeting during this period because I was doing this blog and I had to, I had found every date myself. I wrote about all of the dates. I mean, it was a job. It was basically a job. And so I would, I did online dating for the first time in my life. I never did it before. I would give people chances that I met like randomly. A guy approached me at Starbucks and I, this is the guy, this guy that approached me in Starbucks many years before who I actually never went out with and would never like give the time of day, frankly, because he was a lot older than me. He was a different background. I just didn't think he was for me at all, but I was open to it. And for a time, I really kind of hit it off with him. So um, it was a chance to see that, okay, maybe I don't have this all figured out. Maybe it's not like the script that's in my head. Maybe I have all these dating rules, but sometimes I I do need to break my own dating rules. (laughs) So I think it created a sense of openness that I would – I would encourage anyone to have that's really looking for love because it is great. Like you do have to have your strategies. You do have to have your goals. I'm for that on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm for being very open because you need that vulnerability to fall in love. Good point. Good point. Okay. Last question. And then uh, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you and uh, your website. And uh, I think you had an offer for the guests. So uh, for the listeners, sex on the first date, yes or no? Uh, last question <laughs> okay um wow well who are we talking to men or women <laughs> um, uh, my well, answer will, well i mean my it, it, it takes two to tango so <laughs> it does okay well i would say no um i think if you want a relationship whether you're a man or a woman you actually want a relationship it is better to delay having sex with someone because you want to have some emotional investment. You want to get to know them on some level besides the physical level. Otherwise, you run the risk of just getting into this sexual friends with benefits type of relationship. If that's what you want, cool. But I'm assuming we're talking about people that are looking for dating, looking for love. So I would say no to sex on the first date. Got it. Okay, fantastic, Rachel. Tell us about uh, our listeners, where they can find you and your services and everything else you need them to know. All right. Well, thank you. Um, This is a lot of fun, and I would be happy to talk to anyone who listened to this and thought that maybe something I said resonated and they might like to work with me in a matchmaking or dating and relationship coaching context. So if someone is interested in those services, they can go to my website. It's rachelrusso.com. And they can actually book a 20-minute consultation with me. That's my my little free gift to everyone here. And in that consultation, I will find out about what they're looking for and see if I may be able to help them. I can give them some advice on the call, um, but likely I will probably recommend one of my packages or if I can't help them, I have a huge network of other matchmakers that I worked with through Matchmaking Institute and I might be able to point them in the right direction. So anyone interested can go there, and I have all my social media links there as well as my books and other media interviews. So um, even if they end up not working with me, there's a lot of valuable content that's on my website, and they can certainly follow me for more. Fantastic. One bit of advice, one thing. If there's one thing that the listeners out there should learn about dating, one tip, what would it be? Uh, (laughs) The one tip. Okay, well... If you're really looking for a relationship, realize that no one is perfect and 
you're going to have to compromise on something. So figure out what that is and then adjust your dating strategy accordingly. And I think that will make you happier to just compromise a little than to be alone if the relationship is really what you're looking for. Got it. Well, listen, Rachel, I think we, we, need to, we need to do it again. We need to do this again because I think we have to find a couple of topics and just spend some time on them and drill deeper. So uh, it's been great. I'm so glad you came on Guys Guys Radio. You did a fantastic job and pleasure to meet you. You're doing great work and you seem like a lovely person. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'd love to do this again and come up with some more topics. The whole dating landscape is always changing, so I'm not short of yep. ideas. So anytime, Robert, <laughs> you can right. as well. All right. Thanks so much. Okay, folks, our special guest uh, has been Rachel Russo. Uh, check her out her website. Uh, she's a matchmaker, dating and relationship coach, author, and speaker. And she's graced us on Guys Guys Radio this evening. We're very appreciative. And uh, check her out because uh, she knows her stuff. Okay, let's take a very quick break again, and then I'm going to do our Guys, Guys, Guide of the Week based on one of my blog posts, and it's actually about relationships. So we'll be right back with that. You're listening to the Guys, Guys Radio. All right, we're back in Guys, Guys Radio. Um I did a blog and got picked up by uh, a post got picked up by Good Men Project this week. So I figured I'd just do a quick riff on that. And it's getting a relationship off to a good start or getting getting to know somebody new off to a good start. Uh, it doesn't have to be a real relationship yet. You're just meeting somebody, but you're going on your first date and you want to keep going maybe or maybe not. So here's a couple of rules I laid out. Number one, um, be like a Buddhist. And that means like, don't have a lot of desires or expectations, focus on your journey and not the outcome. So just go out there. You're going to meet the person for the first time. Don't put too much pressure on the, your partner or yourself. Just go out there and uh, be and see what happens. Um, and th- th- you'll know things will happen. You'll be, there'll be sparkles or not. Keep an open mind. Secondly, as part of keeping an, an open mind, don't judge. Just, just listen and learn. Share, listen, learn. Don't judge the other person. They may not have the right shoes on or this or that, but they could have a lot of wonderful qualities that could come out that maybe, you know, people get first date jitters. They overthink. They wear the wrong clothes. They ordered the wrong drink or whatever. Just get, get a chance to make it a chance to, to get to know the person. Don't be, don't make it so rough. As I said before, you know, dating should be a fun sport and romance has been kind of squeezed out of the whole dating landscape. And there's something to be said about romance and mystery and sexy. Those two things are sexy. Uh, Three, be considerate. Um, You know, if you're going to meet somebody, if you're a guy, you're going to meet a woman for the first time. You should have been paying attention to her, what she likes to do, places she likes to go, food she likes to eat, and come up with a plan when you take her out some type of plan that relates to things that she has written or said. And uh, let's say you want to take her to a tapas restaurant because she suggested that. And so you come up with a great place. And because she likes tapas, she might have, and she's a social person, she might have been there and she might suggest something else. Don't get thrown off. Say, cool. If you, you're the expert on tapas, I'd love to go there. Make sure, though, you take the lead and uh, you pick up the check on that first date and take it from there. So point four and this is the last one is be honest. Um, you know, after the date, be honest with yourself. Did I have a good time? 
do I just need to be with somebody, anybody, or do this, is this somebody I want to get to know more? If so, let the person know, Hey, I had a great time. I'd like to see you again. If you're a guy contact her, just say, I had a great time. Let's do it again and see her, uh, contact her within the next couple of days. Don't, you know, don't be, uh, too pushy or aggressive, but don't wait too long, you know, 48 hours, make sure you get back to her and come up with something, um, and make it fun. Uh, and it could be just a short, sweet thing, but make it a fun activity. It doesn't have to be always sitting at a restaurant facing each other. You know, go out and do something. Take a walk, go to Central Park, go for a run, take a class. Who knows? Um, go on a boat ride. There's plenty of things to do where you're both being active. Go bowling, uh, bird watching, running, tennis. You get the picture. And then if you're not into her and she's not into you or whatever, uh, you don't have to be judgmental about it. Just let it fade away. Uh, if she wants to know what's going on or she, you could tell she was into and she said she had a great time or she wants to do it again. If you're not interested, say, you know what, I'm going to get busy or uh, I wouldn't make it personal while you're saying, well, I'm not attracted to you. But, uh, try to let the person down easy. But be honest that, you know, I'm not feeling it or whatever, but thanks. And, uh, you know, you can always be friends. As I said, I met women on match and it didn't work out, but we became friends and, uh, you know, I'm, I don't hang out with them now, but I, you know, they're on Facebook and we have positive, uh, you know, friendship, if you will, and quotes that there's no ill will or anything. And you know what? Some of those ladies introduced me, uh, to other women. Um, and women are cool that way, guys. So just keep that in mind. Women can be really cool and they'll pay attention to you a lot more than your best buddy will. So anyhow, that's the show for this evening. We are back on Wednesday night. We're still doing the two, two shows a week for a couple of weeks more. Um, Eyal Matslaya, he's a sex expert and he's going to be on, on Wednesday night. And until then, I hope you have a great week. And uh, remember what I always like to say, guys, guys. Finish first.